Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kook Fan Podcast. The first time in well over a month we have recorded. My name is Jamie Vinnick. With me, as always, is my partner, Jacob Stevenson. And joining us is Kook Fan's recruiting guy, Braulio Perez. Braulio, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, thanks for coming on. Uh, so, Braulio is the, the recruiting go-to guy for Kook Fan. He's got a few questions we want to run by him. Let him kind of uh, impart some of his wisdom. First and foremost, Braulio, since the last time we recorded, Wazoo has picked up four commits. Hudson Cedarland, Juvenski Schlenbaker, uh, Eric Wilder, and Jacobus Seth. What do you kind of see in each of these players and what they're going to bring to Washington State? Well, I think the, the, the main takeaway here is that, you know, three of those four guys um, uh, are in-state guys. You know, uh, Cedarland from Gig Harbor, Jacobus Seth from Arlington, and uh, Schlenbaker from, uh, from Bellingham. So I think for, you know, a lot of WSU recruiting fans are always talking about, you know, the in-state movement is, is why you're going to be able to keep some of these local guys home. And uh, they've proven that, that they can do that um, uh, with, uh, with Slen Baker, Cedarland, and Seth. You know, Cedarland, he chose Wazoo over Oregon State, which, you know, obviously anytime you can get a guy to, to go to Pullman or over, over Corvallis and, and keep him in state, that's going to be great. You know, Slen Baker, he had offers from Cal, Colorado, Nevada, you know, so to get him to go to Wazoo was obviously a, a big get to. And, you know, Seth, uh, he's going to play uh, offensive line. Everyone thought he was going to go play edge, um, but. So, you know, there, there's some some good gets for the offense, good gets for the defense. Um, and I think, you know, that that's kind of the main takeaway there. And then obviously we can't forget about Eric Wilder. You know, he's a big uh, offensive uh, offensive tackle from Utah. Checks in at 6'5", uh, 280 pounds. And he also had some offers from, you know, Cal, Boise State. Uh, UCLA was in on the mix on him too. Um, so I think, you know, these guys that they were able to get uh, in June, uh, some some nice exciting gets for the staff. Is there, uh, Baraglio, is there any other recruits Coop fans should be keeping an eye on? I think definitely uh, the first guy that uh, pops to mind is uh, Brylan Green, uh, the uh, the free safety nickel target uh, from Louisiana. He's listed um, as a cornerback on uh, on 247, but the coaches have, uh, have some different plans for him. He's uh, potentially going to announce this month, um, and it's down to WSU and Liberty. Um, the key thing with Green is that he's a he's a two sports star, so he's going to play football and he's also going to play baseball. So um, you know the the WSU baseball coach Green over there, he's made quite uh, quite an impact on Brown as well. So I think this month uh, we'll be able to see uh, whether or not uh, Wazoo's going to be able to to get him to go over there. Other than Brylin, I would say definitely cornerback uh, Nunu Campbell from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Entering his trip, he said that Wazoo was his number one school. Uh, my expectation was that he would give the staff a verbal uh, either during that visit or shortly after. He hasn't done so yet, um, which to, honestly has been a little bit surprising. So we're just going to have to kind of kind of wait and see what he decides. But I think those two guys would be the ones that kind of stand out the most. There's some other guys that took official visits too, like you know running back Aiden Laffery, um, wide receiver Chaz and Nimrod. They're, they're still taking other visits, uh, or they did at least in June. And um, But, you know, obviously you can never count anything out here in recruiting. You know, those guys, you know, maybe three weeks from now or a month from now, they decide after all of their visits, like, hey, you know what, that Pullman one really stood out. So, again, yeah, just kind of see how, how things play out here with the staff. And then if, uh, if I remember reading this correctly, Braulio, the visits reopen, I think, at the end of July, I believe I read. Are there, are there guys that maybe you think uh, Washington State could be looking to get in on uh, on visits when uh, when the period reopens? 
Well, one guy that uh, I've already actually confirmed with is uh, Bryce Grace. Um, he is a, uh, a safety from, from Texas. He'll be coming in, uh, I want to say it's July 29th uh, that he set his official visit for. And he's a guy that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. He checks in at 5'11", 190 pounds from Sugarland, Texas. Uh, Wazoo is his only Power 5 offer. Uh, his other offers were Campbell, Houston Baptist, and, uh, and New Mexico. So, again, yeah, he's, he's an under-the-radar guy, but the staff seems to like him. Uh, they offered him about two and a half weeks ago, and then they wasted no time in, uh, in setting up an official visit. So, you know, there's Sam, um, obviously out of Sumner, Tristan Dunn. Um, he's another uh, linebacker safety type guy uh, who, uh, you know, he's an in-state product. The WC coaches have high interest in him. They're going to work and, and try and get him, I would assume, for an official visit either in July or, or maybe at some point uh, during the season. Um, and then also on top of that, you know, once that dead period does open up, staff might go out and um, offer some more guys and then turn around quickly and, and get them in on official visits. But I would say definitely Bryce Grace, who's already confirmed, and then Tristan Dunn, he would be a key guy to get to town. Um, also, uh, you know, Max Garrison, uh, the nickel from California, uh, from Pasadena, he went to WSU on an unofficial visit, and he was only there for 18 hours. So I think if they can get him back to town on, a, on an official um, just so they can kind of do that visit right, and it's not rushed, you know. Because basically, he got into Pullman at 11 o'clock at night, and then he was out the next day at four. So he really didn't get the full uh, visit experience. So I think Garrison would be a uh, a wise guy for the staff to to try and prioritize as well. You uh, mentioned Tristan Dunn as an in-state guy that the Coug fans could expect to visit. Is there any other in-state guys that uh, the Cougs could potentially bring in at some point? I mean, the, the hope would be uh, four-star wide receiver Tobias uh, Merriweather, right? He's out of Camus. Um, he's got warm interest in, in WSU um, for 247, but they've got some stiff, stiff competition for him. He's got offers from Notre Dame, Stanford, Tennessee, UCLA, USC, Oregon, some other schools. He already took a visit to Notre Dame and Stanford. So, you know, with him only having three more official visits, the question is, can Nick Rolovich go out and beat out some of these bigger schools to uh, to get one of those officials? The good thing is if, say, he doesn't take an official to Wazoo, with him being in Camus, if he's that interested in the Cougs, he could just, you know, head over and take an unofficial. And, you know, despite them, you know, not being able to cover, you know, all the, you know, the flights and, and the whatnot, they can still show him a, show him a great time in, uh, in in Pullman. So I think Merriweather, he would, he would be a big guy. Um, uh, we already talked about Dunn. Other than that, most of the other in-state guys uh, have either committed elsewhere or they they haven't um, uh, they haven't included the the Cougs as, as one of their finalists. I thought the I thought Wazoo was going to have a great shot with uh, uh, offensive lineman Vega Ione, um, but he ended up going to the Huskies. And then uh, Puyallup offensive lineman Dave Luley, um, he released the top nine, and, and Wazoo wasn't on that unfortunately uh, for the Cougs. But hey, you know they're they're still. Uh, other guys that they can target and go after. And again, you, you never know if there's some under the radar uh, in-state guys who the Cougs haven't offered yet that, you know, maybe they'll they'll do so after watching, you know, the first uh, four games of their senior season or something. Raleo, really appreciate the time. No, you're super busy, but thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by and giving us some uh, some recruiting insight. Uh, take it easy, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it, fellas. We'll talk soon. Yep, take it easy, bro. Thank you. That was Braulio Perez, the Coug fan uh, recruiting editor, taking some time out of his busy schedule to, to jump on and, and talk some recruiting uh, with us. And, and just uh, 
to kind of to give everyone an idea, obviously we haven't been record we haven't recorded for a while, so just wanted to throw out what's been going on. I've been really busy and out of town a lot. Jacob's been busy, just haven't had a chance to sit down and record. Uh, we're gonna get back to the weekly recording schedule now. Uh, we're gonna do things a little bit differently going forward. We're gonna try and probably have a guest every week, varying guests, whether it be someone like Braulio, a former player, which obviously becomes easier with the name, image, likeness type stuff, something like that. Um, just to kind of you know give some other uh, uh, someone else's uh, insight or their thoughts, etc. Um, and so we'll kind of break things down into a couple segments. So segment one will be the interview, and then uh, segment two will be something else maybe going on in, in Coog World. And then if there's time for a segment three or, a, or a necessity for a segment three, we'll talk about that as well. So as you know, as you get more towards football season, there'll be more things to talk about. Obviously not as much right now in the summer uh, with you know football still a couple months away. Uh, but since we last recorded, there's been some shuffling with the basketball roster that we want to touch on. Uh, Andre Yakimovsky and Vova Markovetsky have both entered the transfer portal. Uh, so that pretty much solidifies what Washington State's roster is going to look like. Of Michael Flowers, Matt DeWolf, Tyrell Roberts, Kim Aiken Jr., Tony Miller, Noah Williams, Ryan Rapp, DJ Rodman, Jeff Koulibaly, TJ Bamba, Carlos Rosario, F.A. Abogidi, Deshaun Jackson, Miles Rice, and Mohamed Gay. Obviously, things can still change, and there could be more walk-ons added to the roster, but that is what we look at for now. With still uh, the possibility that Isaac Bonton comes back, he hasn't said anything officially, but I think we're at this point operating as with the assumption that Isaac is moving on to play pro. So today is the last day, I believe, that if you declare for the draft, you can decide to come back to school. Yeah. And I know he was on the entrance to the NBA because it's different because normally when you graduate, right, you have your four years and then you have to enter if you're coming back to school anyways. But yeah. since everybody gets a year of eligibility, right. But Isaac Bonton's name is on that list. Mm-hmm. And I assume he's going to go pro. Yeah. But... Again, he could decide today, you know what, I'm going to go back to Pullman, but I, I think it's safe to assume he's going pro. Yeah, I think if you you can read through the tea leaves a little bit and say, all right, you know, obviously he had a tremendous two years here. He was, a, I mean, an integral part of rebuilding this team. I mean, you know, it's, it's, no matter what happens going forward, Isaac, you know, Isaac won them games the last two years. He single-handed, not single-handedly, but, I mean, was a big part in the, the clay win against Oregon State. He had some huge games uh, last year, you know, against UCLA, against Oregon, um, you know, we, we saw what happened multiple times when Isaac went down is that the team struggled without him. And, you know, it, it took the, the Herculean effort from Noah Williams for them to finally win a Pac-12 game without Isaac Bonton. I mean, I don't, I, they were winless without him up until uh, Noah, single, you know, Noah pretty much decided I'm going to beat Cal and Stanford myself. So, yeah, I, I think that it'll be, but I think at the same time, you know, and while that, you say that and say, okay, well, how are they going to win next year? They, I think they've made the proper, they've brought in the proper replacements. You know, Michael Flowers is a guy that stands out as he's probably going to be an impactful player um, and will kind of replace Isaac's production, same with Tyrell Roberts. And I think what this all ties into is minutes were going to start to become, uh, you know, thin. And that's where maybe Andre and Vova didn't necessarily see themselves into the rotation this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. And Vova, we, I wasn't super surprised he used that transfer just because of the minutes. And mm-hmm. Best of luck to him. But Andre, it did surprise me at first. A high recruit, had some good moments last year. But if you kind of go over the rotation, I get he's going to want to start, probably play 25 to 30 minutes somewhere. And he just wouldn't likely get that opportunity here at Washington State. But best of luck to them. I'm just guessing here, but I wouldn't be super surprised if one, if not both of them, went back to Europe. 
Yeah, but, uh, that definitely could be. I think that I think they're both <laughs> capable of playing at the collegiate level without question. And I think when mm-hmm. it comes down to Andre, as you know, he was primarily used at the small forward spot last year. Will enter Kim Aiken, who is you know when I remember when I talked to him when he first committed, he said that's where he's playing at small forward. Well, there's a guy with two years coming in with Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year honors, you know, all Big Sky a couple of times. Your prototypical three and D wing. I mean, there's there he's going to probably take up most of the playing time the next two years. And then you've got DJ Rodman in the mix, and you know you, you know that Noah can play a little bit of three, so it was just going to be tough. Muhammad to f- Gay, yeah, Mohammed Gay, who said you know they said they were going to play him at some three. That's at least what he told me. So suddenly you're down to you know very very few minutes. TJ Bamba can play the three as well. Um, forgot to mention him. So it was going to be tough to find minutes. And, and to Andre's credit, he's a very good basketball player, and Andre is a capable of playing 25, 30 minutes a game, and as we saw, can be very effective. You know, he he had some really, really good games for the Cougs last year. You know, he obviously had some tough stretches. There were the instances where he really struggled to, to, to find the to find the mark from three. But, you know, he was also very, very good against Cal and Stanford. He had nine assists in both of those games. You know, uh, he looked at the game against Stanford on the road. He had 19. He had a stretch in non-con where he had uh, five of six games, six of eight games uh, with, you know, double-digit double, double digit points and was a very, very good shooter. You know, injuries slowed him down a little bit. Jazz took some of those minutes as well. But, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that is able to play that kind of minutes and probably and just wasn't going to be able to get the minutes, not because of his own, you know, performance or him personally, just, you know, other guys being there with, with Kim Aiken and with DJ Rodman. Yeah, definitely. But uh, this should be the most competitive Coop team coming in the year since t- maybe Ken Bone. I would think, yeah, probably, gosh, I, I would think you Clay? have to probably go back to, yeah, maybe the Clay. Uh, His NIT team? Yeah, probably Clay's NIT. Because after Clay's NIT team, they only had one more winning season after that. Um, they went night. That was Modem's junior year. Uh, went 19 and 18, 7 and 11 in conference, um, and then went to, the I think, the CBI championship game. Um, but but I think I think I think last year's team was better than that team. Um, you know, last year's team finished 78 in Ken Palm. This, that, uh, the team I was just referencing finished 99. So I think, what, what, what were the Coots in Ken Palm before the NCAA tournament this year? Yeah. Uh, they were pre- before UCLA and Oregon state really helped us out. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, pre tourney. <laughs> um, yeah. Before UCLA decided, you know, we're going to make a run of it. Uh, pre tourney. It looks like the Cougs were, well, is that, I think that says 94. Is that right? 94 sound right? No, that's tempo. No, it's, uh, oh, there we go. They would have been, wait, which one's Washington? I think, eh, that doesn't, I, I can't find it, but they were, um, I think they were around, I think they were probably, actually, you know what? I have an easier way to do this. We sound like idiots right now, Jacob. Uh, they were, we're figuring it out. They were right around 107. 107, okay. But I still think that, I think when you look at, I mean, and this is just this is a meaningless debate, but I think if you look at this team compared to that team, you look at all the stuff that this team had to go through with, you know, Isaac Bonton misses six games. You got half the team out with COVID at different points. I think this team was probably a better team. Um, yeah. You know, that team just didn't have to go through, you know, COVID. <laughs> that no, makes a big difference. Uh, we have three non-conference games scheduled so far. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, so we'll call this segment three, Wazoo Men's Basketball Non-Conference. Yes, so uh, they have UCSB, Boise State, and Seattle U. Seattle U, obviously, it's become a bit of a series. 
uh, the Cougs. Actually, they didn't play this past year, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, but they no. they blew the doors off Seattle U last year in Smith's, Kyle Smith's first game. They lost to Seattle U the year before uh, without Robo. Um, and they they beat them at home the year before that. Yeah, Kyle Smith's first game. Yeah. Kyle Smith's first. That was that was awesome. They beat him by thirty. They played deep. It was, we were all we were just how, we were stunned. Shocked, we right? were how much defense they were playing. And I'm like, wow, they're they're like trapping ball screens and they're playing help and they're boxing out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, because they were they had been down. They were without. You know, we were like, oh, they'd been without Robo last year and had lost um, by like eleven on the road or nine on the road, and Terrell Brown had gone for. Yeah, actually, oh no, it wasn't. It was uh, Terrell Brown had twenty one, and we're like, and then yeah, they got off to. I remember just this scorching, scorching hot because Seattle U to start that game was higher in Ken Palm. They were one thirty one. They were. They were. It was either we were favored by three or they were favored by three. Yeah, it was. We were one sixty four. It was really close. Yeah, we were one sixty four in Ken Palm. They were one thirty one. And we outscored them twenty six nine in the first ten minutes. We're like, "What is going on? We haven't seen this before." Um, <laughs> yes, and uh, so that was kind of the, the start of, "Hey, this is what defense looks like." Um, and they, we didn't have any exhibition games, so nobody had. Any yeah, no one had any seen. clue. It's like, all right, you know, CJ's probably gonna be good. We have no idea what anyone else on this team is going to look like. Every time, because you we were talking to the press conferences, and we would hear from people, they're like, "Oh, who's gonna start?" Yeah, the week before the week before the season, CJ probably Isaac. Yeah, the rest I don't know. No, I, I remember hearing that Jazz was going to start. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that too. Yeah, no, that was. But anyways, that. Uh, but, but yeah, CJ Isaac and the rest I don't know. Yep. Um. So anyways, so yeah, so Seattle U, who, um, I think that that's a game that I think we can it'll be a few ex Cougs on the team. Brent and Chatfield. Um, I think is Deron Henson still there? Think so. Yeah, is uh, Stevie Schwergen still GA there? I believe Stevie still is. I can actually look at that. One thing just to note about Seattle U is uh, they don't turn the ball over very much, so just keep that no, in mind. They they also last year played like six guys. Yeah, they really did. Um, anyways, but the other uh, games will be a little more competitive. That's Boise State and uh, UCSB. Um, it, it, those should be good games. Boise, those are two good programs. UCSB was a tournament team last year, and granted, they they, they won't have Jacory McLaughlin, who was. Their, uh, you know, their their best player, the Big West Player of the Year, is going pro, uh, and Boise State was good too. They were a potential tournament team. Um, they and then they really uh, fell apart late down the down the stretch. Lost five of their last six. Uh, no, excuse me, lost four straight uh, to end the season, uh, including a bad loss to Fresno State at home. So uh, they won't have Derek Alston, their best player. But those are going to be two competitive games, and those are games that you know they're a little bit different than the the Texas Southerns and Prairie View A and M's of the world. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Used to Santa Barbara's good program. Joe Pasternak's done a great job there. And uh, Boise State, that could be a really interesting game. Uh, and this is, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but for the bubble or trying to get in the tournament, like Boise State and a neutral site, that's that's going to help you. So yeah, absolutely. That's December 22nd or 23rd, I believe, in Spokane. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. They haven't released uh, everything yet, but I think that sounds right. Um, and I think that pretty much covers it. So thanks for tuning in uh, to the Kook Fan Podcast. After a, a month off, we'll be back every week with a guest and just these kind of three segments and sh- a shorter podcast overall, 20 minutes or something, so we're not rambling like idiots. Um, 
But make sure you tune into Kook Fan with everything going on with name, image, likeness. I already have some stuff going with Dallas Hobbs and Cam Cooper. Uh, all the recruiting news, everything else going on. Make sure to tune into Kook Fan. But thanks again for tuning in. This has been Jamie and Jacob on the Kook Fan Podcast. And thanks again for Braulio Perez for joining us. Have a good one, everybody.